Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Disney Deconstructed Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Calder, and today I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Jake Moody. Here. And not Spencer Bennett, because he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> he's at work right now, actually, um, uh, because we uh, unfortunately are recording at a time when he is unavailable. But Ooh. he wanted to record a time when we're unavailable, because, you know, yeah. it's just like scheduling conflicts. You know, they happen, but it's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, you know, he's got to earn that. He's got to earn that money. He's got to earn ev- the Disney ev- bucks. Everyone does. <laughs> got to earn the yeah. Disney bucks. Everyone's got to <laughs> earn the money. Uh, but yeah, so he is unfortunately not here today, but he will be with us next time. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about Toy Story 4, Spider-Man, Far From Home. I almost said Homecoming. I still wow. hate. I still hate how similar those titles are. And uh, <laughs> Lion King, at the time that we're recording this, um, releases tonight. Literally, this will get uploaded, published, I guess, tomorrow. tomorrow. So mm-hmm. it will already be released. Um, maybe some Galaxy's Edge stuff. Uh, that's been kind of all over the internet, so possibly not. Um, maybe some Oswald the Lucky Rabbit stuff because a Disney Plus series was announced, um, starring Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which we are all very excited about. If you're a super serious Disney fan, um, <laughs> maybe some Mulan. Because that was also announced, uh, not announced, but a teaser trailer was released for that, which was awesome. And then uh, Little Mermaid, because there's some cast stuff that was uh, announced slash rumored, I guess you could say. Announced, rumored. Uh, announced, rumored. Controversy. Sex. It's all of it. Romance. It's all there. Yeah, romance. romance, action, adventure. Oh, my God. <laughs> But yeah, uh, uh, so yeah, it's gonna be a fun show, and that's uh, we're the stuff. Basically, just catching up on everything it. we didn't get to do with our two straight weeks of of park talk. Yeah, this is the catch up yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and we are officially on board, and this is your spot for current events and Disney news after this show. <laughs> we're officially <laughs> caught up now. Uh huh. Yeah, we are officially caught up. What's interesting is like I was on the phone last night with Iger as I usually do before I go to bed. Of course, and he was like, "Dude, our stock's been like plummeting because you haven't uh, kept kept the fans <laughs> up to date." And I was like, "Bobby, you know I was in Animal Kingdom. I'm sorry. We're trying as best uh-huh. as we can. What do you want? Two episodes a week? I I wouldn't think he wants that." You know? Yeah. He but, wouldn't want us to oversaturate the market, so to speak. Of course not. Yeah. You know? Of course not. And I, actually, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was in his office the other day and okay, he was okay. like, Lane, I want more, but not too much. Oh, yeah. That's usually what like, he tells me around. He yeah. says, I, I want more, but not too much. But if you don't catch up, I'm literally going to, I don't even, what? <laughs> I, what, like, what can he, you possibly do? Here's the thing. He blames us for Galaxy's Edge not having many people in it. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. He he blames us, and uh-huh. I kind of get it because we're not caught up. Yeah, you could you could have the Venn diagram of you could draw the Venn diagram <laughs> yeah. of us not being caught up and, <laughs> and people not going to Galaxy's like Edge. <laughs> yeah, you could you could draw that. But here's the thing: I don't. I still don't believe it. Yeah. But that's another story. Okay, wow. Well, we should definitely... But anyways, with all that being said, uh, we saw Toy Story a month ago. (laughs) (laughs) A month ago, yeah. Has it really Um, been a month? (laughs) Just about. I think... Oh, you know what? Wow. A month from tomorrow is when we left. Didn't we leave on the 19th? Yeah. 
Yeah. So a month from tomorrow is when we left, which means we saw Toy Story like just like probably a month and like two or three days. Wow. So the movie's been out for a minute. I wonder how it's doing. I know it had a huge first weekend and then I don't know if it teetered off or not. It did. It was definitely, I think it was at least the top family movie, if not the top Mm -hmm. movie. I know the top movie in the world right now is Spider-Man because yeah. all the commercials are like the top movie in the world. Yeah. You know how they always Gonna reach say a billion, that. You're like, I'm what sure. does that even mean? Yeah. Just <laughs> the number one movie in the world. All right, I guess. Ever? Yeah. Yeah, ever. Did they not make Casablanca? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Toy Story 4, I loved it. Um, yeah, I did too. Yeah, we both loved it. I remember Spencer being like, it's okay. Yeah, but then he woke up the next morning and said, you know what? I think I was a little too harsh. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's right. He did say that. Yeah, he woke up and then he was like, yeah, okay, it was good. I yeah. I really loved it. Um, I, I love the message about it because I think you said it very well is that you said that this one was um, sort of the, the parenting Toy Story. Yeah, uh, that's how I felt. Whereas all the other, whereas I guess the third one is kind of the, the moving out one, the moving, the moving on to the next stage of your life. And then this one is kind of the, oh, here's the next stage of your life where you're settling down, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So this, this one is kind of the settling down Toy Story. Spoilers, by the way. I think we're going to get into spoilers here. But also whatever. Um, Yeah. I mean, so I super love the two and that overall message, it... It doesn't scare me exactly, but I was telling you guys this in Orlando. So we were, you know, obviously being in Disney World, engrossed in that world for a solid week, just yeah. constantly seeing cute kids and families, right? So and already terrible my, kids and terrible families as well. Yeah, as we've learned. But in a vacuum, children. So I'm surrounded by children and I'm <laughs> like, wow, I kind of like children. They're really cute. I really like that. And then I'm just imagining myself like, you know, teaching a kid how to kick a soccer ball, right? That's basically what I'm getting from this whole Disney World trip. And then I, and then this Toy Story movie comes out, which I've already I had really mixed feelings going into it because, as I'm sure you agree and everybody else agrees, I, it was a perfect trilogy. Like, literally, it was so well done. The book open, book close. It was just, like, genuinely an incredible thing that really defined – like this generation of kids that like kids like literally grew up with Andy and was able to like go through all of that, which is why Toy Story, well, A, why Toy Story 4 was, you know, I went into it. I feel like everyone went into it being like, really another one? It was so well done at three. Um, but I, I do now think it was super justified and a great movie. But we grew up with Andy and now these movies are telling us all right now it's like the parenting time and I'm already imagining myself teaching a kid how to play soccer so I'm having a lot of feelings (laughs) in me but um yeah I I mean just to talk about the divorcing it from like the actual like movie and like you know because like something that we we walked out we were like dude the lighting was like really cool and like the coloring and like the actual like animation was very interesting and i feel like it was one of the funnier pixar movies that i had seen but yeah just like it was so the trilogy toy story one through three so well done and so perfect that when they even said this one and then i remember hearing for the longest time that like i feel like even like it was rumored when we were even starting this podcast like oh it's gonna be like just a solo uh, like woody and bo peep one and andy's not really gonna be in it if at all and it was just yeah. like i i honestly a thought 
went through my mind where I was like, maybe I just don't see it. I mean, I know that would have never happened, but it was, it's such like a moment specifically for me. Like I remember I watched Toy Story 3 the night before I moved into college or my freshman year. So it was like such a, such a specific and special set of movies that I didn't want to see the story continued because it was so well done. But little did I know, I mean, they... Pixar and Disney knows that Toy Story is like their flagship thing and they're not just going to like BS it with something like, you know, Cars 2. So, yeah, it was just way too well done. Um, we talked to, you know, like with the parenting aspect of it, I, I read it like Woody was super, not necessarily like hypercritical, but like he had to think down like every different rabbit hole and he was like so planned and anal about the things and then buzz was just like clicking the button on his on his chest and doing the first thing that popped into his head and right. neither of them are right neither of them are wrong it was just different strategies for get trying to get to the same goal which was uh i assume was supposed to be like a you know a little bit of a comment on parenting and it was you know the whole the whole thing is woody only wants like the best for his kid, Andy, Bonnie, whatever it is. But now it's finally time for Woody to think about Woody because Bonnie it not isn't over it, but she doesn't need it anymore. And that's like a huge reality, call, uh, you know, big wake up call. And these movies have been coming out for like 20 something years and it just makes like way too much sense. It was a movie. It was a story that I didn't know needed to be told, but it was like there the whole time. Yeah. So I felt. No, I completely agree. I mean, I think that the, uh if you're going to go into like that metaphor, the kid here was, was Forky. Uh, um, and, and the whole thing with them trying to get him back and buzz and Woody's different parenting styles and that whole thing. I, I really enjoyed. Uh, and then a lot of people were like, Oh, it's so sad. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it is sad in that, in that buzz and Woody leave each other. Crazy at the end. ending. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, you know, they, they, go their separate ways and Woody goes to be with Bonnie. Um, Bo Peep. Bo Peep. Bo Peep. Bo. Bonnie. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, that was, too, that too was many an interesting B, name Too choice. many B yeah, names. The exact same name. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, the Buzz goes, Buzz and them, the crew, I guess you could say, uh, go mm-hmm. to be with Bonnie. Uh, Woody goes to be with Bo. And, uh, it's sad in that respect because he's leaving Buzz and and Jesse and all them, um, but at the same time it's like it's happy because like he's going to live his own life, you know. So yeah. throughout I, all the movies, it was it was Woody was very clearly. I mean, you know, it was almost a little bit like a selfish thing, and definitely in the first Toy Story, that's what he kind of had to grapple with. At least I think, right? Because it yeah. was Woody was the star of the show, and this new guy came in. So although he was the star of the show for Andy, right? In theory, he was doing it all for Andy. It was also still him, and he was getting right. the spotlight. And the thing, the inciting incident, the thing that shakes it all up, is just Buzz coming in the new thing. But regardless. His whole existence was for Andy and then later on Bonnie. So the fact that we saw him grow out of it and now, you know, go on his own adventures with Bo Peep is really fun and cool. And I did not, I just didn't know that that was something we needed. And then kind of like looking at all the promo art and looking at, um, 
you know, like the new characters and things like that. Like the fact that the pretty much the whole movie was set at that fair and, um, you know, Key and Peele are in it. Keanu Reeves was like the, the stunt devil guy. And like they, yes, they we almost, Canada. Yeah. And then we, uh, we have like some of the creepy scenes in the antique Duke, mall. What was it? Duke Kaboom. Yeah. I, I think, think that's so. what his name was. I think Duke that's Kaboom. exactly what it was. But I don't know, like, I I was watching all these things, and I was like, oh, no, it looks, like, really gimmicky, almost. It's just, like, so, um, like, I don't know, like, tongue-in-cheek, and it was just, like, the colors were so bright, and it's, like, I don't know, I can't, in my own head, I kind of hold Toy Story to, like, a higher standard of, of this just, like, um, just that, I don't know, for whatever reason, the way that the movie was coming off before I watched it was almost, like, like, it was very lighthearted, and it, and it was, um... You know, not that big of a deal, which it wasn't, you know, it's not like they were out here making Citizen Kane, but it, it just worked by all accounts. It just worked. And I really, really, really liked it. If I thought about like, right when we walked out the theater, if I thought about it too hard, I literally would have been tearing up because that was a good ass <laughs> movie. Yeah. Honestly. It was very good. I, I really enjoyed it. It'll win. Um, It'll win best picture. I'm sure. For animation, yeah, I have right. com- I have conflicted feelings about that because I really, really loved How to Train Your Dragon. Oh yeah, I love that movie too. Damn, and that both the first How to Train Your Dragon and the second one have been uh, have been stumped on for best that animated Pixar. feature. So mm-hmm. I have I have really uh, <laughs> really certain feelings yeah. about that but and you know what when when i let, walked out the theater of how to train a dragon 3 i remember saying to my friends this is gonna win best picture so yeah damn that movie was awesome i almost forgot about that wow that was yeah. a great movie when that one when how to train a dragon 3 came out it was the highest uh grossing movie of 2019 mm. the, thus far I mean, it came out in like what February? February, but, I think. Yeah, but regardless, regardless, yeah, it was that was an a animated huge movie. movie. It was so good. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. Honestly, that could be a toss-up. I mean, I know Toy Story is like definitely a storied franchise. Yeah. But uh, and you know, I think the Academy will put like a little extra ounce of respect just because it is Toy Story and it does have like some history behind it. But damn, dude, How to Train a Dragon is also so well done all of those movies like if anything uh, how to train a dragon is dreamworks equivalent don't you think i i recent oh it definitely is i recently bought all of them in 4k oh damn nice yeah Yeah, i I made that investment because they were they were on sale on like fandango now or something oh nice that's cool yeah those are great i don't know actually that's a toss-up for me something i will say i was bonds about about toy story is that don't you remember we were walking in and I was like, ooh, new Pixar short. And there was none. What's up with that? Yeah, there wasn't one. Was it a long movie? Toy Story 4? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I think it was like 145 or something. But mm. um, I I feel like maybe they're not doing them anymore because now they're, they're publishing those Pixar Spark shorts. They're all on YouTube. It, yeah, if anyone listening is interested in that kind of stuff, the Pixar YouTube page, I don't know if you watch it, Land, but they make like great videos all the time. Yeah, I, I've watched a couple of the Spark shorts and they're really uh-huh. good. Yeah, like literally like every other day there's either a new short or just like some video, like a you know, like tours of the studio and like how they animate things. And uh, even like I remember right I'm moving into my senior year of school. You're moving into your junior year of school, but I did know a bunch of kids graduating. And I saw um, 
I saw like they posted this video and it was like congrats to the grads of 2019 and then it was like this video of like all these young people that must work for Pixar and they're like congrats wow this is so cool and then they were like here's how you apply to work for Pixar it's so awesome and they were like (laughs) showing you all the steps and I was like damn dude they made this video for my friends it's cool yeah that's wild (laughs) yeah uh, so I don't know if you're if anyone's interested in the shorts, they're posting them all the time. I don't know how they're fun. I don't know how they make money from shorts. I always kind of thought about that. Like, why make a short film just for festivals or like to try out uh, new animation styles? Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they. I mean, I feel like the new animation styles is is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, WDAS is has been doing the. I think they just finished their second um, VR short. Saw that. I saw that. Which is a big deal. They've been messing around with that sort of stuff. So that's like a big part of it. Well, you you just have to have like a Oculus or something. So I guess so. Yeah, that's odd. But but it's cool, cool that I they're guess. it's cool that they're doing it. Yeah, it's probably the future of things. I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> wow, we, we got real far off on that one. But yeah, yeah. we both really like Toy Story. Spencer liked it, didn't love it, and then the next morning he was like, "I think I'm somewhere between liked and loved." Pretty much is what it was. I loved and, it. Uh, Honestly, I it might have been my favorite one. I yeah, I think it has to. I mean, they're all so good, but I think it has to be up there. Like, it was so well done. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. I gotta watch it again. Yeah. I, I really would like to watch it again as well. <laughs> now, onto the second biggest movie of the summer, <laughs> Spider-Man, which, well, technically, I guess it's the third biggest movie of the summer if you want to include Endgame, but all of them are yeah. Disney. And, so, and Lion King's coming. And Lion King is about to do just as big, if not more. Um, yeah, Spider-Man, well, I'm interested to what you hear first, because I think you're definitely less into Marvel than I am. So what did you think of Far From Home? Honestly, I did not like it. Really? Didn't like it. Okay. Talk to me about, is it, was it like the way that they made the movie or was it like how it fits, how like, you know, they're going to launch the rest of the MCU or just specific rights about this one? Like what was it? It was Acting. just, it was specific to this one. I, okay. uh, I thought the writing was bad. Hmm. Okay. Um, oh, wait, and elaborate I, on that before you and go then on. I, I realized that the writers who did this one also wrote Ant-Man and the Wasp and I oh. hated that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, I know that. So, really? Uh, I didn't know they, damn. Okay. So there's a connection there, mm-hmm. I guess for me and, uh, definitely. Yeah. And then I also, I, I just had a lot of problems with it. Like, Spoilers, the whole, by the way, if you haven't yeah, seen spoilers, Spider-Man, spoilers, we'll get we're right gonna into get it. into spoiler territory here. The Mysterio thing. Did you know from like yeah, going into I the knew movie? Gonna, yeah, I, okay. I knew they were gonna tw- twist him, like because he was being way too nice. I know, yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. there he was totally like they just told the director just told him all right all right jake remember you're playing a guy who's who's pretending to be nice because that's how he was acting he was acting like a guy pretending to be nice yeah and it's like how many people have you seen in a movie who like double cross someone who act like that like come on 
And uh, <laughs> yeah, if I'm being honest with you, <laughs> I think Solo, a Star Wars story, did it even better. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think it did. At least it wasn't cor- it, it was annoying in that movie, but at least it wasn't corny. Yeah, at least like you. At least like you it was exciting. In, yeah, in, at least like the way he acted, like he didn't act like a liar. You know. Yeah. At least he was just kind of like, like space cowboy. At least he thing. wasn't being super obvious about it uh-huh, uh-huh. in his like facial expressions. Honestly, if you're surprised that Mysterio is a bad guy, then like you've really been under a rock. Because I know he hasn't been in any movies, but like Jesus Christ, that's like saying that's like if they put out a movie and the Joker's just randomly a good guy. It's like yeah. really. Also, you didn't the, see thing that that, coming. the thing that the uh, thing that didn't surprise me with the writing. But, coming from the uh, people who did Ant-Man and the Wasp was that the science just made no sense. <laughs> it was <laughs> um, like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like I remember they go on that whole thing where they've got like the laboratory shrunk down and then they just shake it around and then they supersize it and everything is fine inside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like stuff well, like that would just bug me. I try to really me. explain to you the, uh, like the female villain of the movie and how she yeah. can phase into things. And I like was so not on board. Like I just did not understand what the hell they were trying to tell me. Yeah. And then in this one, they like the whole drone thing, like once it's drones, I was just like checked out. I was like, why? Like, and it makes no sense how, okay. The, the projections that are the, that are the monsters or whatever can destroy shit, but you can go inside of them. Like that yeah, made well, I mean, no the only, fucking sense. They made one single shot that tried to, because yeah, that's confusing as hell for me too. They did one single shot, which was, I think in the battle of London sequence, but you gotta, well, first of all, I'm with you. If you think about it too hard, doesn't make any sense. But they attempted to justify it because there was like one drone underwater and it like sent the blast and then like the edge of the river like got shattered, right? So it was showing that they were like the drones were like, you know, it doesn't make any sense on how it was like banging buildings. That doesn't make any yeah, sense. It, made, but, it, I don't know, it just made no sense. You just got to imagine there's a million different drones that are all hidden. So I guess there could be like a drone in his fist, but inside the projection. I mean, in actuality, it makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, it's like, these but, are some weird drones. Like, I don't know. It just made no sense to me. And I was like, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, like the, the whole thing, I don't know. Like, I just wanted Mysterio to be Mysterio, you know? We got and one scene of him we being got Mysterio, that one, and it was we got fucking one, awesome. We got the one scene where he's where Peter's, like, running around in the dark room and uh, and all that stuff, and he's that confused really and doesn't cool. know what's going on, and he's being Mysterio. That was so cool. Like, yeah. so fucking good. One of the best, uh, in my opinion, one of the best Spider-Man, Spider-Man scenes. Yeah, honestly. honestly. But that was all we got. <laughs> like it, nothing after that yeah yeah I agree with you um, I think a lot of my gripes with the movie revolve around Mysterio also my brother preface my younger brother texted me like two days but I saw it like late for whatever reason my brother saw it like an opening night and he texts me and he's like Jake, Far From Home sucks. And I'm like, really? Why? And he's like, I'm not, I'm literally in the movie theater. So corny. And I was like, dude, put your phone away and just finish the movie. Right. And then he finishes it and goes like, oh, it got a little bit better, whatever. But so I kind of, I, I totally see what he was saying because I think there's a lot to like in the movie, by the way, but it's just really hard to, uh, 
get on board like right from the beginning because I knew exactly what Mysterio was doing, right? So in the trailers, by the way, they they hype up like the multiverse thing and I was like so on board and excited for it because I thought that's going to be the future of the MCU and I think we talked about it in a like post-Endgame episode because a trailer for this movie had come out already and we're like, oh dude, they can do whatever they want. They'll tell a Captain America story back in like the Cold War or they'll you can just now do any movie. That's probably how they'll announce the the, um, mutants and X-Men and things like that. And they still very well might do that. But this movie showed that, you know, Mysterio was just lying, at least I think. And that's fine. But also, like, with the writing, I actually don't think the writing was bad. I just think it was it was so, like, by the numbers. And it's, like, so how, like, one of my screenwriting professors would tell me how to do it. Because I just think, like, by all accounts, like, the movie works. Like, it's just so safe in a way. So, like, right. they, they the two... The two battles in the beginning with the elementals, like the one in Mexico, I guess, and the one in uh, the one in is Venice. It Venice. Yeah, I think Venice, it's in Venice, where Mysterio is like straight good guy. <laughs> that shows us, okay, now we trust this guy. He's good, everything. And then he fights with Spider Man and like saves Spider Man's ass and things like that. So he's fully good guy. Right. And then he, he flips at the midpoint. Like it's just everything is like by the numbers, makes perfect sense on why it's going on. And then there's like the the completely safe uh like rom com coming of age situation with MJ. <laughs> oh, I fucking hated that. I didn't <laughs> mind it, but it was just like really bad. And then even so a scene that I was really laughing at and like that was really fun and lighthearted, but I was also like, eh, I kinda wanted this movie to be taken more seriously is when Peter puts on the MacGuffin for the first time, whatever, the Edith, which, by the way, I really like yeah. the name. I thought that was funny. Even in death, I'm, I'm yeah. the hero or something. That was fun. But anyways, um, and then he he's about to kill, like, the, the kid, the, like, other yeah. guy who likes MJ with the drone. That was... It was a fun scene, but it was also like just such a diver- it was so clearly like had no stakes. Obviously, they're not going to kill the kid. And it was just like it was just for fun. But then you realize, oh, they planted that. So you understand how the drones work because Mysterio, that's what he's going to do. So do you see what I mean? Like everything had a reason for being there. And it was just like so by the books that it was just like the one interesting scene that they did is the is the Mysterio scene where it was like really interesting to watch and it was confusing and weird and that was also probably when he got twisted and um, yeah that was like when the movie was uh, dynamic but everything else just felt really by the books um, and I didn't hate it it was just it was just by the books where I think Homecoming was also probably by the books but it just felt like a little more genuine like um, maybe it was homecoming. The, I remember liking because it was very, uh, it felt very grounded and it, it was, was very, very like its own thing. And this, this one, one was, was very grounded too, but it was just like out but there. But this one was back to saving the world, you know? Right. Right. And, uh, something that I thought was kind of cool actually after the fact, if you think about it a little too much, as I was saying, like I was trying to explain to somebody who, I don't know if she knew that it doesn't matter, but I was, I was just saying, well, exactly what I said here, that like the beginning of the movie is just straight boring because it's like these big villains that I know don't matter at all and Mysterio, who I know is going to flip to be a bad guy. So it's like, just get to it, right? I don't think that I'm being dumb not knowing or knowing that these are flipping, right? And it just felt so comic booky, right? And then the person, yeah. they go, oh, well, it was it was made like that because, you know, Mysterio hired like somebody 
to to like construct these villains and to construct a story that like this world who grew up with Captain America's and Iron Man and Spider-Man would get with, right? Because Mysterio is like, we need a guy with a cape. He's just like Syndrome from Incredibles. That's, it's oh the my same God. situation. Dude, literally, I thought about that in the movie. I was like, he's Syndrome. Yeah, done a <laughs> like, little yeah. bit worse. But Yeah, he's but Syndrome do, done worse. I do like the idea of like, it is grounded in the MCU, which is cool, which is like... Uh, the general population of this world that's lived through Endgame and, you know, the original Iron Man and things like that, you know, respects and like acknowledges like guys with capes and they're what what we're gonna like you know appreciate it's not just gonna be a random guy so i do think that was kind of cool and they made it as comic book as possible with the elementals and things like that but it was but at the same time while it makes sense in the universe it doesn't change the fact that you're still doing that and we've seen like 23 movies of that at this point yeah. Right. Did you like how in the beginning when they're just throwing exposition at you from those two <laughs> stupid kids? But like, I thought that was funny as hell, dude. The the blip and like how everybody came back in the middle of band practice. That was really funny, I thought. Did you not? Uh, uh, no. And they came and it was a uh, I was with that one, but I dude and the in memoriam and they put it in comic sands and they were showing everybody who died. I thought that was funny. That was a great start to the movie for me. And also, uh, you know, it was similar I just, like, to what I they did with how the convenient homecoming. it was that all of his friends got blipped. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, like, damn, how, like, how did Ned or not one of those people also yeah. get older? And then you know, like, like the five year gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, God. I'm with <laughs> you. I'm, the movie was a little frustrating just because I didn't think they took it. To, it was very clearly a palate cleanser after, after end game yeah. to like, you know, prep us for whatever next big thing. And it was like a more for fun movie and, you know, people love Spider-Man, but also there's something to be said for Spider-Man can have really genuine and special stories of his own. Like clearly he's like a American icon at this point, a worldwide icon. And he hasn't even had his movie in, New York yet like literally the first movie is pretty much all set in DC and the second movie is all set bouncing around Europe which is a fun decision but like I think Spider-Man is a strong enough character where he can have his own thing like he has the Sinister Six he has a very fleshed out backstory with Uncle Ben and things like that and I think that they did very interesting things porting him into the MCU because I was also thinking about it a little much and it's like we in the MCU, we completely brushed over the Uncle Ben thing, but we spent the whole time throughout Civil War, Homecoming, and Infinity War Endgame building up the relationship between Peter and Tony. And then when Iron Man dies, that's like kind of does the same effect as the Uncle Ben. So they kind of yeah. made the Uncle Ben story with Tony Stark, which is cool because also Tony Stark is the father of the MCU. And now he's like, you know, clearly Peter's father figure. And now he's got to deal with that. I think that was definitely a clever thing that they had to think of. They did That didn't happen by accident. They knew that all the way back in Civil War, that they were going to do something like that, which I think is cool. But it also doesn't change the fact that it's, it's doing a lot more for the MCU and a lot less for the character of Spider-Man, which I think might warrant um, – that much but maybe just because we have such incredible sam raimi movies that yeah. you know we kind of know what we're missing i felt like the whole mysterio thing or not mysterio but i felt like the whole tony stark death thing was executed oddly 
Really? In like, this movie? I, yeah, uh, mainly the fact that they it seemed like they wanted it to be a big thing, but I didn't feel like it was a big thing enough. It, you know, it it felt like it was supposed to be like the crux of the movie. But it wasn't. You I mean, know, it, it was, was there like, the whole time in the background. It was spotted here and there. But another weird thing was that it. He, I guess, the part that bothered me the most was that um, Tony Stark was pictured as like a saint. Yeah, you know, everywhere. And whenever someone huge like that dies, something instantly comes out about how they weren't. <laughs> they may not have been a great person. Yeah, and I think that's something great that like Harry Potter did. Remember, I've uh, never I don't seen know if them, you read. Go I don't know if you read them or or seen them, but um, Dumbledore dies, and okay. that's like Harry, one of Harry's father figures, sure, sort sure, of. Sure. And uh, he he always saw him as this great person, and then a uh, actually rather large subplot of the final book, final movies is um him grappling with people saying that he actually wasn't a good person. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. And him trying to figure that out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, like him on Peter on the airplane watching documentaries about how he was a great person and stuff. It was just like, ah, they could have done like this whole subplot about him trying to figure out if Tony was actually a good person or not. And that thing. And, and then Mysterio fits in perfectly with that because Mysterio is like, Oh, you actually don't, you know, you don't know anything. Like that's his whole thing that's Mysterio's that, that's what Mysterio does and it's like ah, I, I was I don't know I guess I was just thinking a lot about what that movie could have could been have done. sure yeah I'm with and you. instead we're instead we're getting a lot of uh, high school comedy it was a high school Ned comedy adventure romance <laughs> yeah I guess so I thought there were some genuinely but, funny sequences but overall yeah I'm with you that it it very closely almost fell flat but I think it was interesting enough that I was with it for the most part like there were there was enough connective tissue where I I never like checked out of the movie where there's a lot to like about a movie like Captain Marvel but like right in the middle when there was so much plot going on and I didn't really like the character to begin with I'm like wait what and then I just checked out like I couldn't I I like physically did not understand the second half of the movie because they threw so much information at me and there was a character that I didn't fully like yet. But with this one, it was goofy and weird and they threw a lot of information at me, but there was enough like connecting it all together that, that I stuck with it, I guess. Right. Um, I remember the Ned, like the Ned subplot with him was, and his girlfriend. It was I clearly that just really annoying me. Really? Yeah, I was like, oh, you know teenagers, how they just (laughs) get in relationships out of nowhere. That's funny, right? Let's throw that in there. Oh, Uh you know how they just break up out of nowhere. That's funny, right? I guess that's the thing. I thought this movie was very clearly just like, you know, high school adventure comedy movie with Spider-Man in it, where the first movie was that. It was very clearly like a coming-of-age high school movie, but it just had like so much heart. Like I'm remembering the scene where he's about to jump in and swing in the party as as Spider-Man and he like rips off his mask and he's like, I can't do it. I'm too nervous. And dude, the final scene or whatever, like in the final big battle where Spider-Man 
is like basically in the pajamas and he's like trapped under all the rubble and he like looks at his reflection and he's like, come on, Spider-Man. And he has to like lift all the stuff off him. That's a great scene. That's like directed really interestingly. It shows a lot about his character and his heart and it like makes me really like the character. But in this movie, it was just a joke. Pretty much. What was the Peter Tingle? What the fuck yeah, the was Peter that? Tingle. Like yeah. that disappeared for the entire movie, and then John Favreau was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. you you're having trouble with your Peter Tingle? Like uh-huh. what?" And then I was like, "Huh? The yeah. fuck? Yeah, That's yeah, like yeah. a thing? Like he can't he can't use it? Like his he's having trouble with his spider sense? When did that happen?" And then and then I remembered at the beginning of the movie. Aunt May threw like a box at him or something and he didn't catch it. And I was like, oh, no, we banana. were supposed to remember that <laughs> for the whole movie. Yeah. Very the odd. fuck? Very odd. Um, and then that's like, that's like the crux of the climax. Yeah. Was like, I agree. I don't know. That was so weird. Was that him getting his spider sense back? And like, why did he lose it in the first place? Yeah. You know? I couldn't tell you, but definitely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some. Was it supposed to be like Spider-Man Two, where Spider-Man Two, where he doesn't have MJ, so he like loses his powers or something? No, it was definitely not supposed to be like that. It was just a just thrown in there. But I don't know. With every like thing in this movie that made me feel weird, and I think a lot of it revolved around Mysterio. There was something that I really liked. Like I loved the scene where, um, well, first of all, where Mysterio reveals himself i thought that was fun and and we saw all the callbacks which was really cool like the iron man thing and then that he was like in the background of of civil war and i really liked when when spider-man was making his own suit for the very first time and they play the whatever acdc or whatever it was there was a lot to like in the movie at least for me but there was there were definitely things that fell flat and just didn't work has anyone gone back and seen if he actually is in the background of civil war I doubt it. I mean, I thought about it. I I don't think so. But that would be really highly, cool. Can you imagine? I highly doubt if he would actually be in the background. Yeah. Uh, but with all that That'd being said... That'd be some serious planning ahead. Yeah, I know. Jesus, can you imagine they cast Jake Gyllenhaal like six years in advance? They might have, honestly. They might have done that. But then but, they would uh, be... Oh, well, yeah, I guess... Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, what do we think of the endings? So I don't know how much you know about the MCU or sorry about um, like Marvel comics, but I had no idea really what direction they were going to take. Like the new, you know, this is the last one of the quote unquote Infinity Saga, like the end of Phase Three. Right. Now moving forward, it's going to be a whole completely new thing. Maybe a new big bad like how Thanos was built up to for 10 years. Maybe it's going to be something completely different. Multiple dimensions, we don't really know. One of the routes was always going to be Secret Wars, which is like the scrolls, which I'm sure you know of, at least mm-hmm. maybe a little. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought that was pretty much 86 canceled after after Captain Marvel because we learned that the scrolls are actually good guys and they're just refugees and things like that. Yeah. Like, but then at the yeah. end we learned that scrolls are actually Nick Fury and and uh whatever Robin from How to Meet Your, How to How I Met Your Mother the whole time. And and then that the real Nick Fury is hanging out in space and he's got like an army of scrolls. I don't know what you do with that. I don't know. I don't know any comic story that they've built on with that before. I guess there's something called like Star or Shank or something like that. And it's like basically a space version of Shield that 
they're that they're saying is what Nick Fury was doing that whole time. The second sequence like really threw me for a looper. I was like, what the heck? Like there's totally a ton to build off of. But you know, it wasn't just like very straightforward. Like it, I know this wasn't Avengers, but like at the end of Avengers when Thanos pops up, like it's very clear that that's what they're gonna do at this point. Yeah. Where with this movie, it was definitely mysterious and funky. But I don't know what. So I guess we started with the second after credit sequence. But do you have any takes on that? Um. So the first after credit sequence is him getting outed. And Shay Jonah Jameson. Which I was just like, okay. Oh no, I was really with... I thought that the first after credit sequence might have been the best after credit sequence in the MCU. I thought that was really fun. Really? I thought there was a lot of stuff you could build off of. That one I just thought was really well done because... Well, A, it was just a really fun scene. Like, because it started with them swinging through the city, finally. And then... And then the Mysterio thing, which was a very Mysterio kind of ending. But there's just so much you can do with it because it that can be the whole plot to the next movie. Spider-Man dealing with the fact that he's been outed and and uh, whatever the whole world knows about him. And he's got to be held accountable for all these things. He's still a kid. There's a million different stories that you can build off of because that's happened in the comics a bunch of different times. Um, and, yeah. you know, he's been wrongfully put out there. Or it can be... It can just be the first two minutes of a movie and be completely over with because that could be a Mysterio dream. Uh, that could, that could. By the way, there's time travel now in this world with Doctor Strange, who Peter Parker knows, so they could just go back in time and make that not happen. Like there's a there's, yeah. they could build upon that and that can be the next movie fully, or it could just be the first five minutes and and a joke. And it's over with. But it was just a really dynamic theme. When J. Jonah Jameson from the originals popped up, that was a lot of fun. And I thought they were clearly like trying to show like Breitbart, like that sketchy conservative. Uh, yeah, like, no, that's definitely what that was. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. Also, something we didn't touch on in the movie as a whole, you know, I don't think it's really trying to like have a strong message or something like that. But it definitely did comment on like fake news, which I thought is an interesting way to use Mysterio because that's clearly like what he does. Yeah. So, whatever. Worth being said. Was there a second after credit scene? Yeah, the second one was when Nick Fury and Robin from How to I Met Your Mother. Nice. Was uh were scrolls. Oh, I didn't see that. You didn't stay? No. Oh wow. Oh, so I nah, just... after the first after credit scene, I was like, I'm ready to leave. Oh wow, you did not <laughs> like this movie. No, nah, I didn't like it. Okay. Man. Well, yes. I just the first after credit scene. I the my thing is that I get really pissed off when when movies do like like cliffhanger type stuff, especially when I know it's going to be quite a while until the next one. Yeah. Like so, them being like, "Oh, everyone knows who he is now. What is he going to do?" We'll see you in two years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I didn't, I, I thought it was fun and exciting, but I, I understand, obviously. That is just what after credit seats are, though. Straight yeah. up. That's just what they are. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Just So I guess to catch you up really quickly, and then we'll move on to whatever we're going to talk about next. But the second after credit scene had Nick Fury and, and Robin. Uh, Robin. Col- Col- Colby Smulders. Yeah. What the hell's her name in the movies? 
I don't know. Whatever. Agent something. Agent whatever. They're driving. Agent. Down. Agent. How I met your mother. <laughs> yeah. So they're driving down the street, and then uh, you know one of them cracks a joke, and then like the camera pans, and Robin is just the scroll now. Like literally, she's like one of the green people, and then Nick Fury starts morphing, and it's the same scroll, Talos from from Captain Marvel, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. the guy, uh, the main guy, the guy played by Krennic, yes. And then, <laughs> and then, um, and they're like, "Ooh, we should probably make a call because you know they really fucked up. Like the world is is uh, crazy right now, right? Like they killed a bunch of people accidentally through Mysterio, and it was like played for laughs. So then he gets on the phone and he calls, and they're like, "Hey, Nick, got a little problem here." And then it like fades into Nick Fury like sitting on this beach, and he's like sunbathing. He's got a pina colada, and he's like. Uh, okay and then he like claps his hands and the beach fades away and he's just sitting on like the spaceship and it kind of pans out and it's this giant hangar of like all these alien ships and weapons and scrolls running around and he's like all right people get your game faces on and then it cuts so yeah that's that's the second scene which is really so. Weird. So the Nick Fury that was in the movie was a scroll. Was not was not Nick Fury. Yeah, it was a scroll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for the people who aren't watching at home, because you're not, Lane's eyes just rolled all the way in the back of his head. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's pretty. It's pretty dumb. I like <laughs> like the first one. Uh, big chunk more than the second one i do have to say yeah yeah i thought the first one was pretty good this one i was like <laughs> sure so i'm excited to see how they build off of it i guess that's really going to be what thrusts them into the next phase of movies is going to be these uh scrolls they're they're going to double down with it as opposed to just being a captain marvel thing which is fine and i know they they want to do a more cosmic Right, I think they're trying to branch off and to tell like more of these space stories and tell the stories on Earth. Yeah, it seems like that. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. All right, moving on quickly. <sighs> Lion yeah, let's King. Stop talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Can we? Lion King comes out. Are you excited? Are you nervous? I. I don't know. I I am excited. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Me too. I really want to see it. I'm ready for it. I'm just. Uh, I am skeptical on the animation style because everything i've I'm heard excitedly nervous yeah exactly i mean i love the you know obviously who doesn't love lion king i think it's a very special story but yeah i don't i'm interested to see if they did anything different with the new one and i'm interested i'm sure it's gonna look beautiful but i've heard that like the hyenas steal the show and Timon and Pumbaa steal the show. And the reasoning is because they're much more expressive. The lions like all have like deadpan faces the whole time because that's just how lions are in real life, I guess. Right. So I get, yeah, I'm with you. I'm excitedly nervous. I think it's sitting at like a 50 something on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah. I don't pay too much attention mm. to that, but I will, I, s- I will say the, the, during the premiere and seeing all the celebrities that came out and things like that, the stock like went straight up. Like it went up a lot <laughs> in that one day, which is pretty yeah. interesting. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I saw something on Twitter, which I wanted to ask you courtesy of orange Grove 55. Who's a lot of fun. Maybe we'll have him on the podcast at some point, but he put up a poll, which I wanted to ask you, 
Which do you dislike more? The Disney live action remakes, Lion King included, or the pretty much universally disliked Star Wars prequels? Ooh. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting conversation. But I, I think it has an answer. I don't know. Let me so hear what you think. So live though. action remakes, we're talking... All the things. Cinderella, Booty and the Beast, this movie. Going all the way back to Peach Dragon, Aladdin. I like I like the prequels more. Yeah, I think I do too. Because the prequels, I'll watch them and I can always find something to enjoy about them. I think you, you can know? enjoy and have fun with the with the live action movies, but it just like so clearly didn't need to be made where I, the prequels were done really weird, especially the first two, but yeah, at done least in a very, done in a very different style from the originals. Right. At, at least they're, they're like, they have some meat to chew on where like I beating the, I mean, I haven't seen Lion King yet and I never got around to seeing Aladdin, but uh, yeah, there's not anything. And I like, I like Beauty and the Beast a lot, but there's one new scene. Like, there's one new song with the Beast. It doesn't add anything to the story at all. And they kind of double down on, like, the feminism aspect on Belle, which is cool. But the first one, it's still there. It's not like they completely added something. Where in Star Wars, like, it launched the, the prequels pretty much launched, like, the whole extended universe. Yeah, that, that is true. So yeah. I don't know. I thought that was a really interesting thing because the prequels are just jokes. Like as far as I'm concerned, like people just treat them as jokes, and I think they're well, better than the live I, action movies. I'll say that the the older generation, the generation that grew up with the originals, treats them as jokes. Yeah. Our generation that grew up with the prequels as our Star Wars mm-hmm. treats them as real Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because we've grown up and we've been like, and now that we're old enough and we're on social media and on Star Wars Twitter and whatnot, we're like, hey, we like these movies or we know that they're not great, but there's something to be said about them. Yeah. And people are like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know? Yeah. I just thought that was funny. But I will say, I think I said it on and the this, podcast. I guarantee Wait, you yeah. the same exact thing will happen with the sequel trilogy is that all the kids that are kids right now watching the sequel trilogy will grow up and get on Twitter and be like, hey, haters of the sequel trilogy, these movies are good. Yeah, there's going to be like random uh, <laughs> solo fan accounts. Just yeah. Love the solo movies and they're going to champion for its own trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's people who do that right now. Yeah, ridiculous. I, I mean, I will say I, I actually, I, I think I said the podcast, but I watched Solo the other day for no reason in particular, just because it's on Netflix. Um, better than I remembered, but still definitely did not need to be made. And I watched episode two, and that movie just straight up sucks. I'm not going to lie. It's just not good yeah. to me. So, someone uh, tweeted that they want a Solo sequel, Ugh. and I think... Like they tweeted at Ron Howard, I think. And and Ron Howard was like, oh, lots of fun making it. Glad you want to see more. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sure this guy was miserable making it. Yeah, probably. But coming into that sort of situation and having to having to deal with that. Yeah. So, you know, we'll we'll talk about it once once you, me, and Spencer see Lion King. But I'm I'm very skeptical just because the first movie I mean, let alone the story, assuming they don't change the story, whatever it is, what it is. I guess it is a remake. I can't expect that much new. But it's just like, 
we're really forgetting how special 2D animation, just animation is. It's like physical art on a piece of paper that somebody made with their hands. Well, I understand anima- right. 3D animation is a lot of artistry and and huge leaps and bounds into technology and things like that. But it's just like, I think we've literally forgotten like how special some of these old movies are. Where with the new one, like I'm not, it probably will look stunning and like be unreal. Like, you know, Jungle yeah. Book looks stunning, but it, it's just... it's Jungle Book was amazing. Jungle Book is a really it fun was. movie, but with that one, it was almost a completely different story. Yeah. Or at least... A, oh, it was? I mean, it, it wasn't completely different, but like they really doubled down on things. Like They made sequences really scary, and they didn't really That's have any true. of the it musical a, numbers. It was a uh, intense movie, to yeah, say the least. Where, where the animation, I'm sure, is just like kind of some fun... I haven't seen it in years and years, but I just, you know, I, I always see like the screen caps of like the monkeys dancing, which is not really in the new one. So I, I mean, the fact that John Favreau is directing it has, gives me a lot of hope for it. Yeah. Um, I just, it hasn't gotten that great of reception. I think that I told you people say that the, the side characters really stand out and they're a lot of fun and the story is almost identical and the animation is insanely beautiful, but looks like real life where I don't necessarily know if I'm watching these movies for that. Yeah. But whatever, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'm really excited to watch it. Definitely. Yeah. If anything, just to have something new to talk about and chew on. Every time I think about John Favreau, I think about how close we're getting to the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, I know. Have we gotten a trailer? No, right? No. Okay. I mean, they. You can look up like the bootleg footage oh, really? that they showed at that they showed at a um, Star Wars celebration. Oh, have you seen and it? It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, I'm um, gonna have to do that right when we get off here. Yeah. Um, we're not encouraging you to look up bootleg footage. No, absolutely of, not of Star Wars celebration, but. It is out there on it's YouTube. It's weird, actually. Iger this morning when I was on the phone with him. Oh, sorry, last night before we go to bed. He was, he was yeah. just telling us, please, whatever you do, we're still re-editing things, so just don't promote the Mandalorian thing that's leaked. But I mean, <laughs> I, I would definitely say don't do it, but I'm sorry, uh, Bob. If you're interested, go right ahead. If you're interested. I mean, it's out there for the taking, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm sure that we'll get something at D23. Yeah, we absolutely will. Uh, there's a big Star Wars thing, isn't there? I think so. Yeah. I, a lot of people think that we will get another Episode Nine trailer. I'm Personally, sure we will. I'm, I'm skeptical. I know you don't think so because of the Monday Night Football thing. Well, yeah, because I believe Seven did it, but I know that Eight did it. And it was um, so much fun when during, they did. During Monday Night Football, but in October. Mm-hmm. So, but hey... I mean, this uh, episode nine did wait a long time to reveal the title and uh, do the trailer. They waited all the way till Star Wars Celebration, which was very unlike the last uh, two movies. Mm-hmm. So who knows what they're going to do? Um, maybe they'll show it at D23. That's what a lot of people are rumoring right now. Yeah. But you I'm... can't trust rumors. <laughs> no, of course not. But, you know... Y- I think they do have like a hour long or something uh, panel. And what else are they going to talk about other than like, you know, maybe some new stuff about Galaxy's Edge. But, you know, it just they have an hour. They have an hour long Star Wars panel or an hour long episode nine panel. No, just Star Wars. But what else is going on in Star Wars world other than episode nine? 
Oh, the game, yeah. the video game is coming out soon. The video game, but that was at E3, mm-hmm. I think. So I don't know why they would show it off any more than they already have because they already released a demo of it. So it's like oh, at this actually? point, yeah, you can look up a demo of it. It looks really cool. Wait, can you play so, it? No. Oh, oh, oh. I thought uh, it was like one of the free trial things. No, no. Like they they released a video of someone playing it. Okay. Um, but at this point, it's kind of at that point where you don't really want to see any more of it. Mm-hmm. And I doubt they want to show any more of it. So I doubt that they're going to talk much about that. Do you think we'll get like a new slate of Star Wars movies? They'll probably <sighs> wait because people, we want to break no, after nine. No, I don't. I think they're going to wait until Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim to do that. Yeah, that'd make a lot of sense. Because they don't want people thinking about that. They want people thinking about nine, episode nine. Of course. Um, also, John Favreau is already writing season two of The Mandalorian. Did you see that? Oh, actually? Yeah. They're that confident in it? Mm-hmm. Wow, cool. Do you know when it's set? When it is set? It is set after episode six. And before seven, set, probably. It is set in like the dark times. Right, right, right. So we'll see. Well, I mean, it shouldn't. Uh, if you watch six at the end, it seems like everything's happy-go-lucky and the good guys won. But we, we jump back in, in eight or seven and it's the opposite. I think it's, af- I think it's after episode six. It actually might be before episode four. Whoa. That would make a little bit of sense just because, you know, the, the clones and, and seeing like Boba Fett change and things like that. But I know it's not about Boba Fett. Actually, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm fairly confident it's after episode six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very excited for that show. Uh, speaking of the conventions, we'll probably cut it soon. But speaking of the conventions, the Marvel stuff, is that all going to drop at comic-con or d23 so marvel i believe marvel is going to they're definitely going D23. to 23 are they or no they're no, definitely I going don't. to comic-con i don't know about d23 they are they're definitely going to comic-con so i think they're going to talk about stuff there i know at the i okay oh, maybe they'll have like a small presence at d23 i they better talk about marvel land they are they actually just posted on instagram the other day with like a uh the picture was the concept art for like the new entrance for epcot and they said just announced at the d23 parks panel it's going to be focused all around the changes coming to epcot and the various marvel lands coming to california hong kong and paris that's the big things that they're announcing and going to give more details for. And I am okay. very extremely hopeful for Spider-Man. I have now huge expectations for that ride because I went on, um, because I went on and we all went on flight of passage. And I think we've said this before. I think it was a podcast just with you or no, it actually was with Spencer. So maybe I'll catch you up if you were away on this one, but the, <laughs> the blueprints dropped for the Spider-Man ride, which is going to be exactly the same as in Paris. Did you see any of this? Possibly. Okay. Well, what happened is in Paris, um, because of like public construction laws or whatever it is, before you enter a project, that's like a certain amount of, you know, whatever it is, acreage or a certain amount of money is being poured into it or whatever. It's like public information to like see the blueprints of what's going to be built. 
So they had to drop the blueprint for the Spider-Man route, which is going to be exactly the same as in California. And it looks exactly like Toy Story Mania. It looks like it doesn't show ride vehicles, but like the track layout. And it says like, you know, screen one, screen two. It looks like you just go up to screens and do a thing because we know it's going to be an interactive ride. And then you wrap around Hmm. the corner and then do something else, do something else. And people were bummed and annoyed, me included. But then I saw somebody, I think it was Jack from DSNY Newscast pointed out that if you looked at the schematics and the blueprints for Flight of Passage, it would just be Soren. And I'd be like, bro, what? Animal Kingdom's such a special park, and there's so much potential with Avatar, and really you're just going to make Soren? That's like a 10-year-old ride system, blah, blah, blah. And I know you were like iffy here and there with Flight of Passage, but you know, generally for the public and definitely for myself and Spencer included, thought it was awesome and incredible. And it, it doesn't, at least to me, it doesn't feel anything like Soren. So I'm very hopeful with that one. And yeah. I, I also know that uh, there was like some ride details. I don't know if it was leaked or just rumored or whatever, but instead of imagining you go up to a screen, stop and play an interactive game, shoot bad guys with your webs or whatever, imagine it's using that swinging like roller coaster technology that, that kind of leaked or dropped several years ago. Right. But on the walls on either side are like projections of like a cityscape. So instead of you going up to the wall and playing a game, it's like you're swinging through the city, which I, mm. I would love. And I mean, the Spider-Man regardless of if you like the movie or not, it's going to make a billion dollars. So this property is proven, uh, clearly to warrant a big ride and, and to continue talking about rumors with Marvel Lent, which this is something I think for sh- I think we'll get some concept art for the ride and like maybe a more detailed thing about the land, which by the way, I think it's going to be called Avengers Avenue. I'm not in love with the name, but I know they can't use Marvel. And I think calling it like superhero something, something is, is, uh, Lame. Yeah, right? Isn't that just like so on the nose? But Avengers <laughs> Avenue is kind of corny too, but it's going to be Avengers something. With that being said, I don't know how up to date you are with this. I mean, you you don't have the opportunity to go to the parks nearly as much as myself and Spencer do, so I don't know how much you would even know. But as we're seeing them construct this, the Marvel Lands, but basically Marvel Land is being anchored by this Spider-Man ride, there is like kind of a big, it looks like a crane that like sticks above the construction scrim um, and it's just naked. It just looks like a crane, uh, Mm. like maybe about 10 or 15 feet above everything else. And, and people were talking about this crane because it looks like it's, it's just finished. Like it's just a crane, but it has no practical use. It just like, it looks like an upside down L kind of. And uh, people were talking about months and months ago, Disney dropped this video out of nowhere from Imagineering talking about how they're working on these things that they call like stuntatronics. And it's like animatronics that kind of move on their own and fly through the air. And they really, they look like Spider-Man or look like Iron Man. Right. And they kind of like get launched and they do like a pose in the air and then they like land on its back in like a net. And then in theory, like five minutes later, could be launched, do something in the air, and then land on its back right where it got launched from originally. So it could bounce back and forth, right? And it gets kind of like rope pulled up. If you're if you can imagine like um 
in those like man-made wakeboarding like things. Slingshot. Yeah, like a slingshot, exactly. And they they get launched from like one of these cranes. And somebody took like a really far away high depth picture of the crane of like what the crane looking thing at the at the DCA construction and on the bar it says like written in sharpie monkey so you know each ride has like a uh, has a code name when they're building it and like they talked about months and or probably years ago the code name for Rise of the Resistance was called Alcatraz. And that's before we knew any of the details. And now we know the mm-hmm. details are you're with the resistance and you're you're trapped by the first order and you have to break out, right? So Alcatraz is clearly about breaking out of jail. So yeah. but using that same logic, monkey monkeys swing through the air, right? So yeah. I'm thinking that let's say the ride is a little bit half-assed. And and whatever I think I think we'll get that I think we'll get a swinging Spider Man in the air like an animatronic I really think we will and uh, and I think that in in all the concept art there is a Spider Man like swinging even in like that main Marvel Land poster there the like right. thing right There's in the middle Spider Man swinging, right swinging. so I think we're I think. I don't know if we'll get like a demonstration of it or just a confirmation or like maybe see the outfit that it's going to wear or something. But I think that that's going to be the thing. And and I think it'll be like kind of almost like a daytime show. Like people will just stand there and wait for Spider-Man to swing through, which would be so cool. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see. But that's what I'm looking forward to with D23 with the parks thing. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about Mulan a bit? Yeah, if we want to. Uh, I think you liked it a little bit more than me, but run through it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was I've been uh, looking forward to the release of this trailer. I didn't know it was going to happen, and then yeah, there was like out. a tweet from Disney saying, "Hey, the Mulan trailer is going to release tomorrow." Yeah, pretty much. I was like, "Oh shit!" And then it did, and uh, I I liked it. I there's a bit of a darker tone with this one, and I know that I had a friend who said that it didn't feel like Disney because of that. Interesting. Okay. And I, I guess I disagree because um, I the tone of this one feels right now to me sort of on par, like I guess the dark level, um, the the level of the tone of this one feels sort of on par with like, I guess, Pirates of the Caribbean to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, where it's like a bit darker for, for a live action Disney movie. But it's but still, it's, you know, there's still I, I know that there's still going to be light moments. I know that it's a live action Disney movie, so there's still going to be funny. It's still going to be family appropriate. Of course. So I know there's no Mushu. It, I don't remember. Did they say anything? Is it going to be a I musical? I think they're replacing it with a phoenix of some sort or something. Oh, I think I saw that. Actually. I think it I think it was I thought I read that it was going to be a phoenix or a bird of some sort. Oh, I just thought they kind of canceled the character out altogether. Like I know that in That's what I that's what I thought initially, but I thought I read something uh, like a week ago that said that it was going to be replaced with a bird of some sort. Cool. Yeah, I'm with that. Do you remember if they said anything about it being a musical? Um I haven't heard anything about that. I don't remember necessarily. I assume that it's going to be a musical. Yeah, me too. But I just thought, because I know Disney has to be, it's super tricky to make a movie like that 
uh, because China is like their biggest market, like potentially even more yeah. than America at this point. And they're super strict on what movies they allow to come in and out. And when you're making a movie yeah. physically about their, their like culture, uh, you got to treat it with like definitely a different level of respect than something else. I know that like, uh, they even ran into, at least I think they ran into some issues with like Endgame because it involved time travel. And I know like that's not allowed in China for whatever reason. So they, they just have to be ultra careful with it. Um, huh. With, I watched the trailer and I, it definitely, you know, it, it actually looks like a film where some of the other movies just look like a Disney live action remake. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of the sense I got to where it was like, oh, this feels like a like a thing. Yeah. It, 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 I got the sense that this kind of feels like its own thing. It seems to be that it's being treated with a different level of care in comparison to the others. Yeah. But with that being said, for me, it is still just a Disney live action remake. So it's like, it is what it is for me in, in the, you know, in the first place. Yeah. But completely understandable. People are going to love it. I think it's cool that, you know, um, little kids growing up will obviously Mulan exists, but at this point it's like 20 years old. So it's obviously representation is always good. Uh, And it is a really, uh, from what I remember, like a really heartfelt and special story. So, Oh yeah. I watched it recently for actually like the first time watching it all the way through. Um, yeah, I watched it, I think, last year, okay. and I, I loved it. it it's uh, really heartfelt. So It's just a good story. I'm sure it'll be, you know, like, there's a different level of care that you have to do with making a movie like Jungle Book and making this, like, when it's literally based on, on a culture. Same with uh, when, they, when they eventually make Hunchback of Notre Dame. I know that that movie yeah. is special to begin with, let alone that it's like a real cultural icon and a physical place and things like that. So you just have to treat it with a different level of respect. But with that being said, it still is just a Disney live action remake where I would rather, well, you know what? I, w- I, I was going to say I would rather them just make something original. But with that being said, they're making original movies like the Maleficent thing. And I, I'm so not interested in that. So yeah, the I mean, the Maleficent thing, I guess we could talk about that. Like, what the hell is that? It just looks stupid. I mean, I, I also feel like I am the most excited person for Hunchback. I'm real excited uh, for it. I'm not, I'm not huge on Josh Gad, but I'm really excited for the movie. Oh, yeah. He's playing Hunchback, uh-huh. right? He's playing Quasimodo. Yeah. But yeah. I really like I, that. That's a movie that I watched for the first time very recently, like within the past um, year at the least. Yeah. And it's so dark. And it's it's it it's is. a real movie. It's dark and gritty and it has like different messages mm-hmm. and uh, themes yeah. than other Disney movies. <laughs> and it's really like a lot of people have not seen yeah. it. Like a lot of a lot of people that identify as Disney fans haven't seen it. And it's a I think it's a really good movie. And then Eisner sneaks through with the uh yeah with the like the gargoyles and they're like oh the gargoyles so are weird. total eyes near, yeah dude. <laughs> but it other than that that's again like a proper film i know people love 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 mulan like that yeah um so i don't know as with everything we just have to wait and see but mulan to me felt like a like a proper film but with that being said just like uh I'm annoyed that it exists in the first place, but it looks like it's being treated with a lot of care. It has to be treated with a lot of care because of the government situation. So yeah, that is that. 
Yeah. And then the last thing on our list was Little Mermaid, which the casting decisions, I don't care that they cast a African-American girl. Cool. Whatever. That's perfectly fine. If she can pull it off, she can pull it off. I know it's not like the animated, but whatever. And heavily yes. rumored right now is Melissa McCarthy as as uh, Ursula, which I'm not big on Melissa McCarthy at all. I know that she's been trying to do more proper acting. I think she got even an Oscar nod for that. Uh, yeah, there's like, can you forgive me? Can you ever forgive me or some whatever the movie like, with drama the that she was in? I know people yeah. liked and she she apparently had a good performance in. But uh, she has a shtick, and I'm not huge on the shtick. And I also saw a different rumor that was they were going to get like a drag queen to play Ursula. And that seemed cool to me. Because if you're already going to make Ariel a completely different take than the original movie, then uh, you might as well True. have it be like I mean, ultra yeah, diverse. If we're going like full on progressive with this thing. You know, like as well. I've never seen that before. But also. Uh, yeah. You know, Melissa McCarthy couldn't be further from that. But, yeah, you know, it's like, whatever. I, I don't really care. Again, it's just a live action remaking. And I'm, I'm not, at this point getting over it. I don't care. I, like, I didn't even see Aladdin. And yeah, I like Aladdin. I, I didn't see it either. Uh, but you tell. So what do you think about the Little Mermaid stuff? I haven't heard too much about it. Um but yeah, I I'm in the same thing about Melissa McCarthy. I'm not a big fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I liked her back when she was doing like, what's that like movie she did with Jason Bateman? Oh, I have no like, idea. I have no idea. I don't know. It was like years ago, but uh, like she used to back when she like first started doing like those rated R comedies. I thought she was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she sunk into know, her shtick like at this I point. I felt like her shtick kind of devolved into like laugh at me because I'm fat yeah. and laugh at me as I fall and stuff like it that. Did, and which, I was like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, like it more more like physical humor and it's not and necessarily stuff like a that. knock on her. It's just kind of a knock on that's like what I mean. You know, like uh, you said it right before we started, but. Uh, Kevin James does the exact same thing, but it's just like, you know, I just don't care for it at all. It's just like very easy. And I'm not saying that I'm into very serious comedies, but yeah, just. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm not always into like, you know, high, high comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I can do low comedy every once in a while, but when that's like all, all, uh, all they do. It's kind yeah. of like, like I, I don't know. I couldn't stand her in Ghostbusters. Oh, I didn't see it, but I've never seen any of the Ghostbusters, which yeah. I need to. Because like, I don't know, like all like I, she had this like reoccurring joke where she was just like complaining about soup or something. And I was like, OK, we get it. Yeah. You're you're chubby and you like soup. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, this isn't funny. Please stop. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Uh, just looking into the Little Mermaid stuff quickly, I didn't realize it's going to be directed by uh, Rob Marshall. That's huge. He's awesome. I loved Mary yeah. Poppins, and he's won an Oscar for a musical before. And, oh, yeah. And this girl, Halle Bailey, who's now going to be Ariel, uh, was in Grownish, which is, I guess, what her... Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is yeah, what her thing is. And heard then that. I uh, heard that. Uh, I've, I've heard that that's really good. Really? I haven't heard anything yeah. about it, but I just assumed it was completely okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I've I've heard that Gronish is good. Okay, interesting. But I uh, I saw a clip of her singing, and she she's very talented. Clearly, like you know, she sounds like someone on um, 
Broadway or something like that. So, really? yeah. So I don't care in the slightest well, that she's diverse African-American. If anything, it's a good thing. You know, we don't need to put too much attention on it. Like, it's fine. People are complaining. I'm just annoyed at Melissa McCarthy. I could care less about Hallie Bailey, if if you're asking me. No, absolutely. I um, I think it's a good mm-hmm. thing. Uh, did they announce anyone else? Like, did they announce who's like Sebastian and stuff? I don't know about Sebastian. I know that right now... Uh, Flounder? I don't know about any of that stuff, but Prince Eric is rumored probably confirmed to be harry styles which is really a situation <laughs> not that i care but that <laughs> is a situation nice mm. but, i know i i could i could i guess i could do get on board with that you know, it's know. fine like whatever it is what it is I, i'm fine with that uh-huh. i don't know i i like i said i'm i'm totally fine with all that it's just like I guess I could even deal with Melissa McCarthy as long as, you know, she gives a good performance uh, and the writers write her well yeah, is, of course. is just the thing. And um, I don't know. I, I think it would be cooler if if they're doing something like, you know, if they're getting a, no, a lesser known actress from who's really only been on a TV mm-hmm. show to play Ariel, then it's like I, I would rather them get, you know, a lesser known actress to play ursula too yeah definitely i'm with you which is why i thought like some kind of drag star would be really cool but yeah. i mean you might as well i don't know but- like anything like that i don't know like someone lesser i'm always a big fan of that like that's why i like what star wars does so much is that they almost always take someone who really isn't well known yeah. you know like back when force awakens um first started up uh, when that cast got announced, the the young cast, none of those people had really been in anything. Right. Like Oscar Isaac was the most well known person and he because was very he had small. he had yeah, and he had starred in Inside Lou and Davis, yeah. and that was like an independent Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, an Oscar for it or an Oscar nod for it, that I think. Yeah, mm. so that was like the biggest thing he had done. Um, yeah, and then uh, like Daisy Ridley hadn't been in anything. John Boyega had been in like attack the block and then yeah. uh which is a fun movie adam, by the driver, way. adam driver had been in a bunch of like supporting roles and then he had been in girls the hbo show right right right, right. yeah but, and then um yeah so it's like i i really like how star wars does that i wish that like other disney movies would do that too how they how they get could get um lesser known people mm-hmm, definitely which would be cool, but you know, it, again, with all this stuff, it just the Disney live action remakes are just like so hit or miss for me that I don't. I really liked Beauty and the Beast. I've said it a million times, but beyond that, I've been not. I thought Beauty and the Beast was great. I really liked it. I didn't expect to like it, but I really did. Yeah, that one's great, and I remember really liking Jungle Book, but I don't think I've seen it like since. Yeah, I remember loving Jungle mm. Book. I remember thinking it was very good. Yeah, but you know. Um, lastly, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was getting a Disney Plus show. Yeah, which is awesome. With the SpongeBob showrunner. Yeah. I don't know how much more can be said on it, but yeah. it is, uh, that's just so sick. I'm so excited that's for the current, that. Is that the current SpongeBob showrunner? I don't know. I just read the, the headline because, of course, that's what I did. But, I mean, yeah. I would love for it to be the uh, original one. Can you imagine how sick the, that would be? Yeah, the original SpongeBob showrunner. Yeah, I mean, I know that the creator passed away pretty recently. But yeah, I don't know if he was showrunning or not. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, 
I'm not sure if he was doing that, but it's just cool. Um, you know, somewhat to if he was from early on in SpongeBob, that would be crazy. But yeah, I'm really excited about that. I I love that they're doing stuff like that. Like I I said this before we started. I would I'm still holding out hope for a Muppets Disney Plus show. Fingers crossed. I mean. And then I said this before the show, but if they spent so much money on getting the Muppets, they've pretty much done nothing with it. So you might as well yeah. at this point. And in the art, usually for Disney Plus, at least from what I remember, or you know what, I might be mixing it up with Ralph Breaks the Internet, but they do like mm. promote the Muppets as like a Disney property. So yeah, but it, it has not. I, been I know that yet. Spencer's kind of frustrated about it too. Yeah, because Spencer, him. if you didn't know, is a very large Muppets fan. Yeah, but uh, with Disney Plus, it's Netflix is 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 over. I'm sorry, but specifically with, I know it's funny and like a meme, but with the, with them not including Friends, The Office, and Parks and Rec anymore, like what what is there to watch on Netflix now? Stand up specials? Yeah. I can They're live basically- without those. They're basically trying to. I think they're basically trying to move over to just like their originals. They they want people to just go to their originals, and yeah, they've got Stranger Things, and they've got that's like what their biggest one. Yeah, Black Mirror's probably. pretty big. Black Mirror's and, and a lot huge. of stand-up specials. You know, they got like Dave Chappelle specifically, specials. things like that. But and then they've got they've they've got some here and there um, that that people really like, uh, but it's more like. Um, things that that are I guess more niche like Bojack Horseman I love Bojack Horseman yeah. uh, and stuff like that what's the I know there's like the Aziz Ansari one which Master has of none is like awesome. a Master of None that's that's one awards mm-hmm. um, love and then, is a uh, good show and things like that but yeah, uh, you know it's just it's but it, besides the fact it's it's they got some good original shows some funny stand-up specials and and like two cultural phenomenons like people love stranger things and black mirror is like super special but taking those things out that's it and disney is just like going to be non-stop like cranking things out like you know even if you're not a big they have something for everybody which is scary and then i don't know why they haven't promoted this and if they're gonna do it or not but like they have abc and they have espn so why are they not doing if you already have so much original content that people are like gonna be fawning over you're going to be making kid shows like this Oswald thing. And then you can put the news with ABC and sports with ESPN. There's no reason to have more TV. Like actually, yeah. it, this is just it. And I know that Apple is going to come out the gate with one. And I know HBO wants to make their own thing, but uh, Netflix is done. And I know that Disney like has the ability to absorb all of Hulu or like going to put their adult content on Hulu or something like that. But it's super interesting, and, and Disney's going to come out the gate and completely steal the streaming wars. It seems like they're going to put like their Fox content on Hulu. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Except for The Simpsons, because they want The Simpsons on Disney+. Mm-hmm. Plus. But that's going to that's that's gonna be Iger's stamp, because I know that he was actually, his contract or like whatever was supposed to end like maybe two years ago or something like that, and he extended it to get through the successful launch of Disney plus. I think that's what He's he wants extended to do. it multiple times. Right. Man. Right. right. <laughs> because it also, he did it again for, to get through Fox. 
But right. a Disney Plus is going to be a thing because it's going to change the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be wild. Because it's not just for Disney fans. That's what I'm trying to get out there. It's just TV at this point. Right. So, so excited for that. It can't come soon enough. I think November. Yeah, that's what it seems like right mm-hmm. now is either late October, early November, I think. Yeah, can't come soon Last enough. Last I heard. But, all right. Wow, we got through everything pretty much besides the Galaxy's Edge news, but that can, you know, we've talked about it yeah. more than enough. Yeah, People are talking about it online. About, you can see it anywhere. Yeah. Disney and Star Wars Twitter mm-hmm. is going mad, mad, mad world yes, it is. about it. But with that, okay. we have caught up. Boom. Yeah, take a deep breath. Yeah, exactly. My gosh. It feels so good to be caught <laughs> yeah, up. Finally. Now now we can call Bob up and be like, hey, we're we're all caught up. Don't there worry. You go, buddy. Get on all your right. uh, uh, stock uh, app and just watch it launch up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Disney Deconstructed Podcast. If you would like to support our program, you can do that by going on the podcast service that you are currently using and giving us a thumbs up five stars, two mouse ears, or whatever qualifies as a good rating. And while you're there, make sure to check out Moody as Hell, which is our very own Jake Moody's brand new solo podcast. And guess what? We are also on Twitter, so feel free to follow us at Lane Calder, at Jake Moody 98, and at Spencer Bennett 7. You can also spread the word by telling a friend about our show and help us grow our small community of Disney fanatics. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you with more Disney news in two weeks' time. Writing and producing for this episode of the Disney Deconstructed Podcast was done by my two co-hosts, Jake Moody and Spencer Bennett, and myself, Lane Calder. Editing was done by Lane Calder. The music for our program was composed by Brandon LaBelle. The font for our logo was designed by Edward Pincava. Our beautiful faces were drawn by Sarah Bermudez. Thanks for joining us and have a zippity doo da day. <laughs>